Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. going through the series on the Holy Spirit, we are in week three of five. And uh, we have talked about this in the past couple weeks is the Holy Spirit is a person of the triune God. One in three and three in one. Not one in three or three in one. He has the same attributes as Jesus has attributes. He has the same attributes as the Heavenly Father would have attributes. So the term triune God is a complex theological topic which I won't get into this morning, but I want to briefly point out the difference between when you use the term Trinity and triune because those two terms are often used interchangeably. However, keep in mind they're not the same. Uh, Trinity is almost kind of like a group of three different people, as in me, Jake, and Ryan. We're different pe- three different people, but we are part of restoration. Triune God is three people, both separate and united. So separated and united. So our God is a triune God, right? Separated and united. So I, was to, I just want to say that really briefly. I, I want to suggest for us to not get so caught up on use it, the, use, the usage of the term triune or trinity God when talking with people, whether it's Christians or not. However, it's important for us to know the difference. Um, and, and don't make it a big deal. Otherwise, we will get distracted and uh, get taken off course in terms of helping people to get to know Jesus or get to know more of Jesus because that's the main point, right? The major. So don't minor in the major. If, if you hear me say Trinity or Triune, just get, don't get hung up on that. It means that don't spend too much time or energy or effort on the minor topic. Jesus should always be the major topic in all aspects of our lives. So the same with the series. The reason that we're going through the series on the Holy Spirit to learn more about the Holy Spirit is because the end goal is the Holy Spirit allow us to learn more about Jesus, about God, right? Because God is spirit. And the more we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, the more that the, the greater the revelation we will have of Jesus. So our revelation of him will always and continuously grow. I have not met anyone who have said, I've known all I can about Jesus. Because number one, I know that's a lie. And number two, that person doesn't know what he's talk- he or she's talking about. So we will always continue to learn more about who God is. So that's number one uh, of why we want to know about the Holy Spirit. Number two, the more that we learn about the Holy Spirit, the gifting of the Holy Spirit, the operating, uh, operation of the Holy Spirit, and through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can understand of what we have been given. We have been given a tremendous gift. I talked about this last Sunday. We have the potential to be incredible people, to do greater things than what Jesus did. So we need to learn about the Holy Spirit so we can operate in the divine gifting that we have, that we have access through the Holy Spirit. So anyway, so we talked about who is the Holy Spirit, how he would operate, how we can facilitate more of his presence in the operation, uh, operation of our lives individually and uh, corporately. So for the next three weeks, we will talk specifically about the nine spiritual gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's, um, 
before we get to the spiritual gifts given to us, which I want to remind you again, everyone has access to. You know, whether you got saved yesterday or today, or you've been walking with Jesus for the last 70 years, everyone has the same access to these gifts. So I want to, uh, but before we get to these uh, gifts, again, it's not reserved for elite Christians or just church leaders. We all have access to this. I want to address a few things. If I can say these are like few foundational things, uh, or if I can also use the term, these are the prerequisite. It's kind of like when you're in school, right? you, you take, um, any of you taking calculus, pre-calculus? No? Okay, that's okay, that's okay. Thank you. All right, thank you. We, we got a few smart people in here. Well, the rest of you are all smart too. You just didn't have to take calculus. So in order to take calculus, you got to take pre-calculus, right, to really understand what's going on because otherwise if you jump from just geometry to calculus, you're going to be very confused and don't know how to apply and don't know all the formulas and the thinking behind it. So you got to take all the little steps to pre prerequisite in, t in order to understand what is coming next. So these are, I would like to think as prerequisite. We need to understand these steps, these things, in order to understand the, the, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, be able to function and operate and use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So number one, it needs to be operating in an orderly fashion within the church. The spiritual gifts are not meant to be used through any kind of disorderly. Uh, disorderly would mean like, for example, right, I'm talking and suddenly three or four people started to like stop standing up and saying something because they think, oh, well, the Holy Spirit is telling me to speak out in the middle of a sermon. It doesn't work that way because our God is a God of order, not disorder. We, know, uh, we see this from 1 Corinthians 14 verse 40. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So this is why we see that if someone has a prophetic word or uh, for the body, that person comes to the front. You may have seen this, right? We, you want to submit that to the elder or whoever's leading the meeting and then allow that to come through in an orderly way instead of everybody's trying to yell out something. Otherwise, it gets very confusing for everyone to know like which direction are we going, where God is taking us for that morning. So number one, it has to be done in an orderly fashion. Number two, we have some control over how the gifts get manifested. Well, we do have some control how to administer our spiritual gifts. First Corinthians 14 verse 28 said, if, there, if there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. So when someone say, oh, I can't help it, I need to yell and scream. Well, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. There's another one, 1 Corinthians 14, same chapter, verse 32 and 33. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So it, like I said, if someone is saying, I'm so filled with the spirit, I have no control, I'm, I'm just running and screaming and jumping up and down and just yelling out things. So that statement, number one, is biblically incorrect or Maybe more accurately, if all that person is not mature in experiencing the Spirit of God. And uh, so, orderly, it, uh, uh, we do have some control over how to administer our gifts. And number three, we need to, these gifts are meant to be used to build each other up, building up one another. So, everything from God, every gifting from God, actually, everything from God 
should be, I, let me take it back, not should be or maybe, but must be done. Everything from God must be done in a way to build up, build up people. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So not just an individual be built up, but the whole church to be built up. So this means speaking in a way that will bring encouragement. Speaking in a way, not discouragement or uh, discouragement to the leaders. For example, uh, saying something like, you have the strength to overcome this challenge that, 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 that you're going through versus, well, you're going to feel a lot of pain and suffering. That's too bad for you. Um, or it may be too much for you to be able to handle this. So that's not encouraging, right? Versus someone's like, God is with you. Lean into him. He'll take you through this time. Uh, speaking life versus death. That's what it means to build up people. For example, God is with you. He will carry you through this versus, well, this is the consequences of your life decision, so suck it up. There's, there's no encouragement in that, right? Speaking comfort versus discomfort or pain, uh, the things that may cause pain or anxiety or guilt or shame, it's not from God. When you feel those things, when someone's speaking those things and you feel that, it's not from God. I just want to make sure we are clear on this. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. But the one who prophesies, speak to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So if it's not strengthening, encouraging, or comfort, don't say it, because it's probably not from God. So don't say, oh, it may be from God, but it's for you to know and keep to yourselves. Um, most likely it's not from God. And number four is love. Lastly, and most importantly, all the spiritual gifts are to be done in love. And I do want to say this, um, and I do want to spend time to talk about this because it's very important, prerequisite for what is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Love as in not what we think is love or what we have learned about love through our upbringing because we, we have grown up in different settings, right? Some may have tough love and from the standpoint, well, you know, love is getting beat up. Well. That's your upbringing. Someone might be love is, love is, um, I, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, tough love or love is someone who just baby me all the time and always let me do whatever I want. Not what we know about love, but the love of God. The, has to be done through the love of God. So we need to know what is the love of God, experience it for ourselves, not according to how we were raised or, or the, the, how our parents loved us or how we were treated according to our culture or our ethnicity or, or where we geographically. The love of God, not just, well, this is how I know it, so I'm going to give it to you. Well, this is how people love me, so they just speak the truth to me and let me figure it out. That's not it. Love in terms of the love of God. We need to understand that, experience it before we can share with others. Because when we speak from a place of the love of God, everyone will know it is love, regardless of their understanding of love. Because from the love of God, Ephesians 3 verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So whatever you know or don't know about love, human love, when the love of God comes, we all will know that. Know that it is from God. So, anyway, those are the four things. You know, we need to keep in mind a prerequisite 
to always know. So anytime when someone talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit, keep that in mind. Orderly, control, building up people, and it's through the love of God. First um, Corinthians 14 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So when we follow the way of love, again, just the love of God, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, the church will be vibrant and healthy. When we are refreshed, right? Just, just throughout worship, the presence of God come, we feel lighter, we feel at peace, we, we feel refreshed, we feel strengthened. So we will be refreshed and strengthened. And as we're refreshed and strengthened, later on, we will go out throughout the day and refresh and strengthen other people. So that's number one. And as we eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit and experience His presence, we as a church will be able to witness effectively for Jesus to those around us. Not only talking about Him, but relying on His power and His, uh, of the Holy Spirit to, to demonstrate His life through those around us. So, uh, eagerly desire, desire the gifts of the Spirit looks like ordinary people doing extraordinary things. That's why it looks like to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It is literally, did I say that? Literally, God working His Spirit through ordinary people like you and I to supernaturally impact people or events around us. So the early church did this, and we can do this also. As I said last week, I refuse to think the early church has more faith in us, or they knew God more, or they knew more of the secret that God has. We have the same access to what the early church did. We know this from Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 2, right? So now God speaks to us through his Son. So we have the same access. We have the same faith is we just need to trust in the things that God has called us to do. Trust in the miracles and the wonders of our mighty God. And again, just a reminder, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So if the church is not being built up, that means it's being done incorrectly. So, okay, so I want to get through the prerequisite. So it's pre-calculus. Now we can get into the calculus course, right? I took calculus. Everybody took calculus, right? I was reminded again that uh, Asian, we're supposed to know math, so I'm living up to my stereotype. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about the spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit. Um, we're going to break it up and try to do three each week for this Sunday, next Sunday, and the Sunday after. Uh, this Sunday, uh, so the nine gifts, just so you guys know, when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, I think the, um, the first half of the chapter, uh, gift of wisdom, knowledge, faith, miracle, healing, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretations. So for the next three weeks, um, we'll focus on, on, on each three. So for, uh, before I talk about the gift, I want to remind you guys, we call it gift because it's meant to be given to us. As in, God is giving it to us, we can either receive it, or we can ignore it, or we can just reject it. We cannot earn the gifts from God. So we can grow into our gifting and must be able to exercise our gifting with maturity and responsibility. It's the same as seeing like some incredibly talented people, right? Someone just pick up a music instrument and just start playing like they've been doing it for years. Or someone who, who can just write so articulately, so well. Uh, or someone who can just sing so well even though they've never sung before. Or someone who can just run really fast for a long time even though they never even practice or never exercise. Or someone super athletic, uh, whether it's in math or writing. 
it is a little bit annoying when you see those people, right? I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just jealous when I see those people. Uh, but gifting alone, just remember, won't get us very far. We need to hone our ability to use that gifting, to use it wisely, right? We still have to practice. We still have to be disciplined and, and, and um, treat it with honor because it's a gift that was given to us and we want to make sure we use it well. Uh, we got to learn how to persevere and, and exercise our gifts. As we can see on, on TV, all these incredible athletes, they're very gifted, but they practice every single day, all the time. So we don't see other things that they do. And it's the same thing with the spiritual gifts. We still need to learn about it, practice it, use it, and honor it, and use it in the way that it was supposed to be used. So anyway, all right, finally, we'll get, we'll get to the gifts. Uh, for this morning, I want to talk about what, I would con what um, many people... Uh, would consider as revelation gifts. We want to talk about the gift of wisdom, uh, the gift of knowledge, and the gift of discernment. So firstly, we need to know about this gift because uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 said, let's be informed of the gift of the Spirit. So this gift, again, as I want to say, are meant to bring unity to the church and to bring glory to Jesus. We always need to keep that in mind all the time. Because if they cause division, as I said, when you speak out and cause people to have guilt or shame or anxiety, even a tiny bit, they're done incorrectly. Because a tiny crack will eventually, eventually grow into a huge divide that will become uncrossable over time. And uh, even uh, if, if these gifts, uh, if they don't bring glory to God, then they're not done correctly. The Holy Spirit come to glorify Jesus. And his gifts are meant to glorify Jesus, not a certain church or not a certain person. It's to glorify Jesus, not any one of us. We want to honor those who serve and sacrifice for God, but we must always remember God. He is the giver of the gifts, right? He gives us the gift. Whoever is operating and functioning in the gift, they receive that from God. So those gifts are meant to bring people closer to God. So keep that in mind. Jesus needs to always be re be um, lifted up. An example is if you hear, if, if someone's trying to speak a, a word of encouragement or exercise these gifts to you and you hear a lot of me, myself, and I coming through more often than the name of Jesus being lifted up, that's a clue that Jesus is not being glorified. Uh, okay, so let's talk about these gifts. Wisdom. Um, oh boy. Uh, okay, wisdom. Wisdom, the gift of wisdom is, um, it's not about something being wise. It's a gift of being able to have a glimpse of a future. It's something that you can't be known, or it's something that you can't research, or it's something you can't look up. So it's God's giving us a glimpse of the future, like an example that I shared earlier about God's promises, right? He has given Vanessa and I a glimpse of where restoration would be. We felt, oh, Ravenswood or Irving Park. I don't know why those two neighborhoods were on our hearts for restoration because we could have gone anywhere else. Like for me as a Vietnamese, it would have been better for me to go up to Vietnamese town, to uptown, right? We would suddenly have all this following, but that's not where God has us. Practically, it may make sense, but because God has given us a glimpse of these two neighborhoods, so we want to stay close to Ravenswood or Irving Park. So anyway, a glimpse of the future. Uh, I, the reason I say it's a glimpse because 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 said, for now we see only a reflection as in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully as I am fully known. So we only get to see a glimpse 
of the things to come. Some of the examples from scriptures that we have seen is Noah. I think we all know Noah, right? Noah knew what was going to happen. He didn't fully know of all the things that was going to happen, but he knew what was going to happen, and he was plugging away, building the ark, 120 years. Daniel. Daniel saw a vision of the future, the future empires. He saw the Persian Empire, the Babylonians Empire, the Greeks, and the Romans. Those things didn't come into existence yet, but he saw those, those empires. David and Isaiah. If you read Psalms and Isaiah, they talked about how the Messiah was born and how he would live and how he would die and how he would save his people. Uh, Joel, the book of Joel, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on all people, on man and woman. I will pour out my spirit. Um, old man will dream dreams, young man will see vision. That's incredible, right? There's a glimpse of the future. Paul, in um, Acts chapter 23, when there was a big commotion and he thought he was going to die, they were going to kill him, but God said, you're not done yet. I still need you to go to Rome. I mean, I'm sure Paul didn't like that, but he got a glimpse of, oh wait, there's more work to be done. I need to go to Rome to share the gospel, to talk about Jesus. So those are like some of the examples that we see in scriptures. The manifestation of the spirits, uh, we can see that through Joseph, through dreams, right? Joseph had a dream where his brothers were bound down to him. Uh, night vision in Daniel. Daniel has, has saw that in, uh, when we read the, the book of Daniel. All people got caught up in the spirit. For example, like John, in Re when he wrote the book of Revelations. Paul, when he wrote about that in 2 Corinthians 12, he got caught up in the third heaven. Or sometimes it's just our own quiet time with God. That's how we can actually get a word of wisdom in terms of when you pray for what we should do in terms of switching job or where you're going to move. God will give us a, a glimpse of what we're going to, uh, or, or, or even something, if you're single, you know, who you're going to be with. God will give us a glimpse of the vision of the things to come. So um, just like I said, an example, God given us a glimpse of where restoration would be. Um, okay, so we, again, um, when, there's so many things I want to say, and I'm trying to see how to get it out. So just, but also remember, God speak to us directly, right? You don't need to have to go to someone else for them to pray for you and tell you what you should do and where you should go. Because God speak to us directly through his son. So it's, so when we, it's mostly, it should be something that is confirming in what we already been sensing in our heart, right? For example, if I'm sensing I need to change job and someone speak confirmation over that, it's like, oh, God is confirming that for me. If it doesn't resonate with you, then don't worry about it because chances are it's probably wrong. They may just saw a glimpse and they interpret it incorrectly. So if it does not resonate, then don't worry about it. It is something entirely, entirely different if it does resonate with you in terms of confirming the things that you've been sensing, but you don't want to do anything about it, or you're going in the opposite directions. So that's a completely separate sermon topic for another day. Read the book of Jonah. You may find out what happened. So the next revelation gift is a word of knowledge. This should be more accurately be said as the word of God's knowledge, not man's knowledge. The word of God's knowledge. So it is, um, so the word of wisdom is like a glimpse of the future. The word of knowledge is like a glimpse of the present. It is something that we cannot know naturally, seen or heard about it. An example is um, in 1 King, 
chapter 19, Elijah, Elijah said, God, why am I the only one who remains faithful to you? All knees have bent to bow, um, the false god. But God spoke to him. He said, hey, that's not true. There are 7,000 faithfuls I have kept for myself. See, that's another way in terms of like a word of knowledge. Suddenly they realize, oh, okay, thank you, God. There's 7,000 other people who's just like me, who has remained faithful to you. Because Elijah was by himself. He felt isolated. He thought he was the only one that would remain faithful to God. Uh, Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, um, when the pe uh, people of Israel wanted to uh, ordain Saul as their king, and Saul was hiding. God revealed to Samuel where Saul was hiding, so Samuel was able to go find Saul and, and bring him forth. Uh, John chapter 4, Jesus and the woman at the well. Right? We all know the story when the woman said, when Jesus said, go get your husband. The woman said, well, um, I don't have one. And Jesus said, that's right. You've been married five times, and the person that you live with right now is not your husband. That's an uh, example of the word of knowledge right there. And Peter and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Peter had a dream, right? And God told him, hey, three guys are going to come and look for you. Go with them. And in Cornelius, God spoke to Cornelius and said, hey, go find Peter. This is where he is. Send people to go get him. So that's how God is giving us a glimpse, uh, a knowledge, things that we wouldn't have known otherwise. Would not be humanly possible to know. So example of what is not a word of knowledge is maybe I, I overheard Gavin, Gavin sharing with someone that he's about to close on the biggest business deal ever, which is true. Right, Gavin? It will be true. I'll go over and I tell him, you know, I've been praying and I feel like this is going to be your most successful business year ever. Well, obviously, that's not a word of knowledge, right? Because I overheard him talking about it. So another practical example for the church, which I would love to see us functioning in more of this is, uh, for example, if, if Ernie, uh, on his way to church, he's, he's the picture of Mr. Healthy, right? Strong, physical, fireman, saving people left and right. So as you're driving to church and suddenly you felt this pain in your elbow, that's a word of knowledge. Because what it, uh, you, you may be confused because it's like, well, I'm in perfect health. What's the problem? I'm strong as an ox. But you have this little pain. It, so when you go to church, the, the way that the word of knowledge works is, is God is letting Ernie knows, hey, someone has elbow in the pain. So just come forth and say, hey, I, I feel like someone has a pain in the elbow, so we want to pray for you. That's a way that God is trying to help us, reveal to us, like, I know what's going on. And the people who has this pain in the elbow or other people who are visiting will realize, oh, God cares for each and every one of us. And that's how the word of knowledge functions practically within the church. Uh, there's so many things I want to talk about this. Okay, the third revelation gift is the gift of discernment. So we got wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. So this is not a discernment of things. I saying, you know, you pick up this piece of matter and you know what it's being used for. It's a discernment of spirit. The revelation comes to the church through the functioning of the Holy Spirit. So it is something that that we can't tap into. It's, it's more than just our, our five physical senses. Uh, as in see, touch, hear, smell, and taste. Right? Those are the things that we know and those are practical things. The, the, the gift of discernment is, as I said, discernment of the spirit from the standpoint that it, it produces security against any lies or things that are not true or people are exaggerating or not speaking truth. 
Uh, and sometimes it can um, help us aware of whether it's false doctrines or not. Uh, things such as uh, that will help us to see where people um, encourage people to go. For example, a very practical way within the church setting is, is having a discernment to choose proper uh, man or woman to fulfill a certain ministry for their life. For example, you see someone, this is what you should do. Someone may, may want to do some A, but with the gift of discernment to realize, yeah, you think you're really good at A, but B is where you should really thrive. This is where God has you. And, and also, you know, put men in certain leadership positions. And also recognize certain people are not fit for certain ministry, so to speak. Some of the examples in terms of seeing the spirit and how people operate is in um, Acts chapter 8. Um, Simon the sorcerer, right? He, he, he actually was baptized and he accepted Jesus in chapter 8. However, he saw Peter uh, was laying hands on people. And they received the Holy Spirit. And he said, hey, give it to me. I want that also. But Peter was able to discern that Simon just wanted that gift so he can get some selfish gain. That's like, you know, his self-exaltations and financial gain. Uh, so he, Peter called him out. Same thing in Acts chapter 10, where Elimus the sorcerer, Paul saw this, saw his spirit, the son of his spirit. He called I, Elimus, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, out saying that you're the child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right, full of deceit and trickery. Um, we can see that in Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, That's how I'm going to say it also. They lied to the disciples about how much money they got when they sold their property. But the disciples knew, had discernment. It's like, no, you are not speaking the truth. So the spirit of discernment is to help bring the church together again we need to remember build up the church strengthening the church comforting the people lift up the name of jesus the spirit of discernment is also to help us as a church to be presented as a radiant church ephesians 5 verse 27 presented as a radiant church without stain a wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless Right? So the, the discernment gift will allow us to see what's true and what's right, what's good, versus what is lied and exaggeration is not true. What is holy and what is not holy. So it allows us to confront or take care of things, as I said, that are not right, that are leading people astray, or for dishonest use, or, self, or for selfish use. So discernment of the, uh, this, this, the discernment of spirit is a gift that also sometimes help us to appraise someone else's motive. When someone just says something, you've, you've, there's a discernment within your heart, like, oh, I don't really know. See, when you, when you fill that little check, that's, that's kind of like an operation of the discernment gift. It's like, what, you, what you're trying to tell me, I don't know if that's true or not. So that's, so, sometimes it's the same as just being discerned about things. The spirit is helping us to dis, discern of someone else's motive or someone else's spirit and be able to see what practically we can't see. It gives a believer the power to see what others do not see. Um, for example, like I said, someone may say, hey, everything is great. You know, my family is great. My, my life is great. My kids are great. Um, life is awesome. But then as, if you have a gift of discernment, you will realize that that's not true. And then you try to help that person speak the truth and, and speak life and pray for them. 
So I want to briefly talk about how we can receive these spiritual gifts. Um, these are not weird, magical, cuckoo stuff that you see. Uh, receiving the gifts, there's four simple uh, ways to receive the gifts. One is God has, pro God has promised it to us. He already promises to us in Acts chapter 2 and also in Joel chapter 2. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, meaning all of us, all of us. He already spoken that. He promised that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? That's number one. Divine revelation. Some of it may receive a divine revelation, a certain gifting. Um, in Galatians chapter 1, verse uh, 17 and 18, Paul said, I received this through the divine revelations. Same thing when, when Peter proclaimed that Jesus is the Son of God. In Matthew 16, 16, right? Jesus said, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So it's a divine revelation that we, that we get. Uh, also, on laying on of hands in uh, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, that Timothy received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the fourth one is the easiest one, also is desiring them. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, so it is with you since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit. Try to excel in those that build up the church. Eager as in wanting something, right? When you're eager for something, you want something, you look for it, you always keep an eye out for it, you're always aware of it, and excel. Try to excel as in working and, and trying and praying on it diligently, not just praying for one time and then you go away, you don't think about it. You're praying on it every day. So try be eager and excel in it, as in continue to work on those gifts. Diligently. So I want to bring this to a close by encouraging everyone to eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit. It's available to us. It's been given to us. I talked last week about us as having potential to do greater things than what Jesus did. Right? We need the Holy Spirit to do greater things than what, all, what Jesus did, the works that was done by Jesus. So we can either receive them or reject them or ignore them. But let's receive them because we need them to, to build up the church and to glorify Jesus. Not to enjoy them for ourselves or our selfish gain or our self uh, exaltations. Because if we reject them, we choose to advance the kingdom in our own effort. We won't go very far because I don't think I can do much on my own. I don't think any of us can do much on our own in terms of advancing God's kingdom. We are just mortal people, right? But when we have the Spirit of God, incredible things happen. Things will line up in place without us really having to figure things out or try to figure out how to do things. It will be much better than what we know. And number two, if we try to do things on our own and not rely on the Holy Spirit, we're not following Jesus' instruction. Because Jesus said this in Luke 24, verse 48, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So what Jesus is trying to say is, I'm going to send you what you have. So wait until when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you can go and be my witness. And that's what I said earlier. In order to witness effectively for Jesus, we need the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, and very importantly, continue to worship and focus on the giver of the spiritual gifts. Don't get so hung up on the spiritual gifts. It's good for us to know. It's good for us to learn. It's good for us to use it and operate in it. But don't get so hung up on it. Get hung up on the giver of the gifts. 
don't idolize those who have been anointed for a certain gifting. They're just people like you and I, just like you and I, whom God is using to bless his people, his bride. So get hung up on God. Get hung up on Jesus. It is good and important for us to know about these gifts and how they function. It's good to desire them and operate in them. But let's not forget the giver of the gift and the intentions of those gifts. Right? So God, the giver of the gifts, his intentions in giving us these spiritual gifts are to build up the church. As you can see all the verses, to build up the churches and to glorify Jesus, not to build up an individual or to put an individual on a pedestal. Because sadly, for me to say this, if someone know about uh, Bill Heibel, Bill Johnson, uh, Brian Houston, um, Dale Moody, uh, who, if you know more about those people than you know about Jesus, then that's, there's something wrong there. There's something missing, right? Any other quote-unquote prophets and, and pastors and teachers and evangelists, if we know more about them than we know about Jesus, then we're missing the point. It's all about Jesus. So even if you don't want to use a gift, if you don't want to exercise the gift, it's okay, but just need to know it is all about Jesus. But if I may say, we need the gift to be able to lift up Jesus and allow people to see that God, He is an amazing God. He has power, there's miracles, there's healing, things that you cannot explain in the supernatural that are coming through. So anyway, um, I need to stop because I realize that we are running really long. So anyway, those are the three gifts for today. Um, next week, we'll talk on three more gifts, and then the last week, we'll, we'll touch on the last three. So let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. We want to lift you up and praise you and honor you, God. We just want to thank you for these incredible gifts that you've given to your people. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, as you come, you will just enhance and increase uh, that our desire for this spiritual gift, Lord. Just give us a greater revelation of who you are, God. Just a revelation of how we can receive this gift, how we can operate in them, and how we can recognize them. Be able to um, utilize whether it's a gift, a gift, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, a word of discernment. Just allow us to fully function in all the capacity that you have meant for us to function as your church, as your bride, as your body, your body, Lord. We love you, and we praise you, and we honor you. Let everything this morning bring glory to you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.